Hey everybody, welcome to episode 191 of the Masterclass Podcast. My name is Cam Brennan, and I'm very excited if you can't tell by the tone of my voice. Uh, of course, I'm joined by the co-hostess with the co-mostess. His name is Dave Hogue. What's up, Dave? Hey. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. We've already had about an hour conversation, and it's good. It so. is, yes, life is good. Everything is gravy or gucci or whatever the heck the kids have decided to call it these days i don't know i can't keep up but the point is uh this is the master class dave and i are here yet again and we are excited to uh to talk together to uh study scripture and to do all of that together with you our uh fair listeners so um dave do you have anything you want to say before we dive in dave no Nope. Good. So I'll read chapter. I'll read. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) My tongue tied. I will read Hebrews 10, 26 through 31. For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. All right, well, um, so there's that. (laughs) Yes. So this, this first verse, right? So like I've been, I've been really like deep diving in my own time into this concept of grace and and what it means and what it doesn't mean and why God would choose to extend it towards us and, and all of that, right? And it says here in verse 26, for if we go on sinning deliberately, which is the key phrase, right? deliberately. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm doing. When you're doing something deliberately, it's not a mistake. It's not an accident. You don't trip and fall into deliberateness. It is a choice. It is a conscious decision to do something knowing what the consequences are. So if I go on sinning deliberately, if I choose to do this knowing what the consequences are, after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. Yikes. Mm-hmm. And so th- this is a bit of a this is a bit of a a, a stumbling block, a hurdle, um, you know, the root in the ground sort of tripping scenario. And we're talking about abusing grace, right? This is what this is about. If we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. And this this relates to to Paul in in other parts of the New Testament saying, you know, 
should I continue to sin so that grace may abound? Well, I, no, you shouldn't. And and I think this is this is a key part of of the Christian maturation process. Because I think a lot of us, when we are newly saved, when we are new to grace, when we are new to forgiveness, when we're new to sanctification and justification and all of the other big fancy words that we use, right? Mm -hmm. I can keep on doing what I'm doing because God's got it covered. And what we fail to realize, maybe intentionally, because it's easier this way, is that we're not called to a higher standard, is that we're not called to holiness or perfection, right? And so what I appreciate about this is the author calling out people that are abusing grace and are continuing in sin intentionally simply because grace can cover it. And that is a that is a fundamental misunderstanding of grace. Grace is not just a band-aid to cover your sins. It is a healing and a turning process, right? Grace is intended to stop you from doing your sin and turn you back to the Father so that you can be in correct, right, holy relationship with him and not even want to continue sinning. And so by saying, if I just keep on sinning, then I'm you know, elaborating upon the grace of Christ. It's like, no, 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 no. You're, you're not elaborating on the grace of Christ. You're taking advantage of it, and you're not truly repenting. Mm-hmm. And you're not truly understanding what God has done for you because you keep on wanting to sin. You, you need to stop and smell the roses, as it were. So my question is, is, is it possible to completely stop deliberately sinning? Uh, <laughs> um, this side of heaven, my, my guess is no. Right. My, so, my, and I would concur with that. Yeah. I'm sorry, I cut you off. I didn't mean to. No, no, no. I, I was going to say this out of heaven, no. But I, what I, my experience is, is that we use the, the negative side of that question. Well, I'm going to sin, so I might as well just do it anyways, right? And I know that's not what you were saying, but I think it's so easy for us, as people who grew up spiritually dead, who know the ins and out of sin. Right. And who are learning what it means to be holy and righteous and to be made alive again in Christ and to be reconciled to God and to be adopted and chosen into his family. Like we are learning those new things by pulling, by, by being pulled by the Spirit, right, out of that and into life in Christ. We are so used to the old life that we just think, well, it's just sin. Jesus died for it. And and we have that nonchalant, and, and and I'm I'm telling you, Dave. In the in the past few you know weeks and months of my life, when it comes to to my sin and my temptation, is like there is a newness 
of, um, what's the word? Uh, ferventness, if that's a word, um, energy, desire to, to not live like I used to live. There's this, mm-hmm. this urgency, if you will, to embrace this new life, to embrace what, what the Bible says is true about God and about me and to leave behind just the garbage um, of, of what I used to just think was normal and okay and acceptable. And, and so there's this, this desire to not go on sinning, knowing that I'm going to fail and that I'm going to mess up and I'm going to be selfish and realizing that, that Jesus died for that too. Mm-hmm. And that there's, there's not anything I can do that he hasn't covered. And, and, and part of that is, is realizing the depth of my sin and then realizing that that no, no far, no matter how deep I go, God has it covered. I can't earn myself back to Jesus. I can't clean myself enough to be presentable. Like, I am who I am, and I'm part of God's family because of who God is. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's... So, I do think that this verse is talking about a much more, a much deeper, um, like a truly just sort of, because because I I'm with you. I, I I do believe that we will go on sinning deliberately. I think kind of by its nature, most sin is deliberate. You know, it's not. Now I certainly know that we can unintentionally do things, and but. I think no, but we, is, we we choose to sin. It right. is a conscious oh, yeah. choice. No matter how much we justify it. Right. <laughs> Adam and Eve didn't eat of the fruit by they didn't trip and fall and it wound up in their mouth. It was a conscious decision yeah. to defy God's rule. Yep. And ever since then it has been such. Yeah. And so I think this is is kind of a deeper heart condition of and, and I think you alluded to it a little bit. So I, 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 th- I certainly think as we become familiar with our faith or it, it becomes the norm for us and we hear it all the time. But yeah, th- th- this is this is a this is a, a heart condition of I basically have a, a, a license to sin. I'm you know, I'm forgiven. I've washed by the blood. There's not that underlying desire to be closer to him, to repent of our sin. And I mean, we sin because we like it. We sin because it's fun, you know? And, and so I think there's just that, you know, 
when you, when you reflect on where you are with God and where you want to be, there's that desire that you can genuinely say, no, I don't want to do that. I want to stop doing those things um, versus sort of being in a place of, like I said, I, it's, I have permission, I, you know, and we, you know, discuss this in Romans as well with the whole, you know, should I sin to, <laughs> to glorify God? And that's not the, the right, right answer exactly. either. So, but yeah. And, and, and I think, um, you know, after receiving the knowledge of truth, there's no longer remains a sacrifice to sin, uh, for sins. Um, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. And yeah, I, I, I just think that points to, because in, in essence, on its very foundational, if we take this argument of, well, I sin deliberately, therefore there's no um, sacrifice for sin. I have an expectation of judgment. Well, that throws all of Christianity out the window. You know, it completely just removes the fact that we are sinful, that we are in need of grace, and that we are completely dependent on Him. Um, and again, like I said, I think it, it really is talking about a deeper heart condition of, I don't really care that I'm sinning. Yes, and that's that's the thing, right? If we go on sinning, and the word there, it, we've mentioned it multiple times, deliberately. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to do it anyways, regardless of the consequences, because this is what I want to do. So it's a choice. Anything you do deliberately is a conscious decision, right? And that's the interesting part here, right? If I go on sinning deliberately, if I choose to continue sinning, if I like sinning, if I'm just going to keep on doing it, even after receiving the knowledge of the truth, if I know the truth and I still continue to say, yeah, you know what? Forget your truth. I'm going to do me because this is my truth or whatever, you know, cultural, uh, you know, banner we want to hang on it. There no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Like there's no holding back here. This is, you know what you're doing, here are the consequences. Yeah. Which, you know, as a father, I can appreciate. You know, working with a four-year-old, consequences are key. You can do this, <laughs> but here's what's going to happen. Yeah. And, and oftentimes, four-year-olds don't quite understand what that means. So it's a learning process, right? And it is also a learning process for me of like, am I going to give in? Or am I going to hold my ground? Because some nights at 1030 in the evening, <laughs> it is just easier to give in. Yep. Because I'm so tired and I'm so done and I just don't want to be the bad guy anymore. And it's not even the bad guy. It's just like the rule bearer, you know? But like, thank goodness for God that he doesn't get tired and he doesn't give in when we just whine and wine, and we should have been asleep two hours ago, and we continue to whine. <laughs> yeah. He holds fast to what is true and what is right and what is 
accurate about his character. And so it carries on in verse 28. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three. Oh, this got worse, Dave. (laughs) This got worse. (laughs) But I think it's important. Anyone who set aside the law of Moses, like, I understand this is what you says is real. What you say is real. Excuse me. We're just going to park that over there. We're just going to ignore it for a while. And um, we're just going to carry on. And it says, anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. You can't, this is God saying you just can't ignore me. You can't. It's not going to happen. You can try all you want, but um, it's not going to go well for you. Verse 29 says, how much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the spirit of grace? Yikes. So, like, this is, this is God really calling everyone to the carpet, right? Like, what I say matters. Yeah. And what you say matters. And how you act matters. Yeah, it it just... Well, I I mean, I don't mean to completely jump to the end, because that's not my intent, but... I mean, verse 31 just really sums it up. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. (laughs) It's, It's... I'm, it is not a bad thing to jump there, Dave. Like that is, like yeah. that is the culmination of all of this, right? Right. And so that's where I'm like, you know, you're at his mercy. You're yeah. at his mercy. If you are falling into his hands, you are completely and infinitely and in every way possible at his mercy. And for those that are, chosen and adopted and reconciled and made part of his family that is the best possible place you can be is at his hands at his mercy mm-hmm. to be in, to be in his his will right if you were none of those things that is the most terrifying place to be right it reminds me of like the song he's got the whole world in his hands <laughs> yeah, that is, that about is that a song. very, very different experience <laughs> depending upon your relationship to him, right? Yeah. Yeah, and and again, going back to that verse, even in the right relationship, there is an element of that is a very terrifying thing. Like And it should be. Yeah, it should be. Right, because like you can testify to this, right? Like in in the American church, it's all about love and forgiveness and grace, and I, I say those things in a in a uh, downward manner as as part of the facetiousness of the whole thing, right? Like grace does exist and it's amazing. Forgiveness does exist and it's amazing. Mercy does exist, and it's amazing. But all of those things came at the cost of the life of Jesus, who lived perfectly on this earth. 
who died in your place and in my place and in the place of every single person who will ever hear this episode, right? Like there is gravity to what has happened and gravity to what it means. And I just, I can't, God means business, Mm -hmm. I guess is what I'm saying. And the good side of that business is is eternal life. And the bad side of that business is eternal damnation. And there is not an inch in between. And, and, and that's what we're dealing with here is, is, is God's goodness, goodness and God's judgment and God's forgiveness and God's wrath and everything that is entangled in between. And the fact that this matters for every single person. Mm-hmm. Who has ever lived or will ever live. And and that is that's heavy. Yeah. It it, it absolutely is. And I think we've said this before other places of just you don't hear these kinds of like I'm not sure when Hebrews 10, I last heard that read or studied in the church, you know, um, and just the idea that, you know, vengeance is mine. I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. I just, it's not, it's not said much. It's not well, taught. It's not much. happy, right? It's not yeah. happy. Yep. And we love happy in the church. Yep. Positive, reinforcing, family friendly. <laughs> yeah, it's. I just, I, I honestly like it, as terrifying as the last verse is. I also find it comforting. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living mm-hmm. God. Like that that strikes fear into the people that it should strike fear into. But it is also incredibly comforting and welcoming to the people that it should be comforting and welcoming to. Mm-hmm. Because like there is there is something about a father who is terrifying yet reasonable and loving that instills confidence and bravery in you over against a a father figure who is distant and harsh and mean, right? Like you, you can think of like my dad may be really hard and really demanding, but man, does he love me? Does he, you know, like, and we all have our own experiences with our own earthly fathers and, and all of this, but like a father that is intimidating is both terrifying and comforting at the same time, right. depending upon your relationship with him. Yeah. And I got to be honest, being, being on the inside of this relationship it is nice to have a dad that instills fear in my enemies. 
at whose word they shudder and tremble. Yeah. Like, that's my, that's my dad. Like, that's the, that is the one who has no reason to care about me, but does anyways. Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting that you have went, because as we were reading this, that's like what kept coming back to my mind was a dad. Mm-hmm. And as it would come to my mind, I was reading it again and going, it never once refers to him as a father or a dad, but that's that's the image. That's the sense you get. Yeah. Yeah. That's the image. That's the, and exactly what you were just saying there in terms of like, you know, a strong father, a loving father, you know, and you realize this as you become a dad Mm -hmm. um, of just that. Well, and you know, and I think you can even observe it. Uh, amongst people of, you know, people who had that father figure in their life that was exactly what you were talking about. You know, that Stern has high expectations, um, but at the same time is a protector, a provider. Um, and, and honestly, even as I'm saying these things, I I don't think these things have to be, and I don't even know why I feel like I have to say this. I don't think this, it's just a father. I I, I do think this can be a mother. I think it can be either parent. And I think, you know, but, but I just, I guess I'm just having that true moment of just like, I can relate to it because I'm a guy, I'm a dad. Mm -hmm. Scripture refers to him as our father, you know? Uh, But I, I, I do think there is just that element of, and it, and it may not even be like a biological parent. Like I just am, I'm, I'm having that image of, uh, you know, kids, we as children, as kids, as impressionable youth, we desire that and we long for it. And when it's not present, it manifests itself in so many negative ways. And, and so. And, and what does that tell you about what, we need and what right. we designed for. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like is, exactly. There's there's so much there about intent and design and about relationship. Yeah. That that if we don't if we don't have what we're designed for, what we're made for, like we are made in the image of God. We are made to be in relationship. And if we don't have good relationship with the people that made us the damage that that can do mm-hmm. is terrifying. Right. Very much so. I already cried once. Don't make me do it. <laughs> it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Whew. That is so true. <laughs> All right. Anything else, sir? No. Uh, you know, the, the, the other thought that I'm just having is, is, you know, as you read through the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, there's just a consistency in who God is and that his grace is always present, His but his desire for us to do what he asks of us is just such a strong desire um, of him for us. And our conversation of, of talking about being a dad, like, like I'm having this moment of like, 
It's not because he's a stickler for the rules. It's like you said, he knows what's best for us and just longs for that and desires for it. And we continually, well, I continually kind of keep him at arm's length and <laughs> choose to do things my own way over and over again. Well, th- this is, uh, you know, a reminder that we had a previous show called Dad College. Yeah. Which didn't last nearly as long as I think either of us thought about it, but... <laughs> The idea, right, is that God is is Father, and whatever that means to you. Like I think of, I think of my experience with my dad, mm-hmm. and my dad's experience with the lack of his father, and the fact that my dad was able, without any semblance of a positive role model as a dad, mm-hmm. like I'm talking straight up trauma and garbage and terrible examples of what it means to be a father. My dad was somehow, and not just him, but his brothers and his sisters were able to be solid and good and for the most part, reliable parents to their children. Mm -hmm. Like it, it is, it is one of like, you think of like mountains and, coral reefs and Amazon rainforests. And the fact that my dad and his siblings were able parents to their children. Like I realized to everybody else that doesn't seem on par, but I'm telling you it is. Yeah. And so I think of what it means for me and my dad and what it means for him and his lack of multiple father figures and, 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 and everything in between, like this is serious business, you know, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And I'm just grateful that given every opportunity God had my dad in his hand to the point where I am able a generation later to pass along the faith to my kid. Yeah. I'm good. I'm going to keep crying. <laughs> All right. Um, that's uh, that's episode one ninety one. Show notes are at masterclass. Nope, super Mexico. <laughs> we haven't had that website in forever. Oh, I'm a mess. Uh, SuperMegacorp.net slash masterclass slash one ninety one. All of the snot. Uh, you don't have to type out. It'll just interpret <laughs> it for you. Uh, also, if you're listening to your uh, podcast app of choice, the show notes will be there. Just swipe around. You'll find them. You're intelligent. You're competent. You can do it. I believe in you. Uh, if you want to get in touch, you can um, look in the show notes. Um, I'll have my link to Instagram because I just don't Twitter anymore because it's, uh, you know, honestly, it belongs to Satan. So I just don't go there anymore. Uh, Dave, is there somewhere people can say hi to you if they want to? 
Uh, I'm still on Twitter, still on Instagram, so we'll have we'll have the right links where they be. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Uh, it. <laughs> yeah, it, it just you know, we just want to meet and say hi to people. That's all. No, not a big deal. We're not after followers because that's vain. Anyways, uh, we'll be back next time with the conclusion of chapter 10 of the book of Hebrews. And until then, um, man, I just, God is good. And I hope that you uh, get to experience that in new ways between now and then. Amen. Take care. Bye.